Welcome to B2B Marketing Needs Don Draper, brought to you by True. For too long, B2B has lacked creativity and inspiration, leading to alarming declines in effectiveness and marketing departments being slowly devalued more and more within their organizations. We're here to change that by getting under the skin of what it really means to be a highly effective B2B marketer. We'll be speaking to some of the brightest minds in the industry to discuss what they're doing to be a bit more, well, Don Draper. And now, here's your host, Stuart Black. Joining us today on B2B Marketing Needs Don Draper is Mark Cullen, the Chief Marketing Officer at Simon Kutcher & Partners, a global consulting firm specializing in strategy, marketing, pricing, and sales. Founded in 1985, the company now has around 1,400 professionals worldwide and is regarded as the world's leading pricing advisor and thought leader. Mark Cullen, welcome to the show. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's great to have you. So straight off the bat, I'm going to ask you, what does being a bit more Don Draper mean to you? Well, hopefully not the bad side of Mr. Draper, because let's face it, anybody who watched that TV series, he was a manipulative and could be incredibly cold, remitting, and I could use a rotten word, but I won't, sort of (laughs) chap. So definitely not that. But there are a couple of aspects. When you dug beneath the surface of Don Draper, there were a couple of things that I really admired him for. One is he did have his own ethics. They were there. He had some ethics. I remember an episode where he was being offered the American Airlines account and he already had an airline and he loved that little airline he was working for and he fought tooth and nail not to give it up. And any of us who've worked in agency side know that tension. And then the second one, yes, he could be a tough boss, but he also had his people's back. And I remember an episode of there where he said to, I think it was a quote somewhere in there where he said, never be afraid to make mistakes. And actually, I remember when I first started my career, somebody saying that to me, and it was very, very good advice. So they're the two things I admire, him looking after his people when he could and having some ethics behind that cold-hearted ego. He's a complicated man, but uh, there are some lessons to be learned there, especially for this industry. Um, It is a bit of a performance with Don Draper. There are different sides to his uh, personality and certainly skeletons in his closet. And speaking of performance, uh, I hear that you're beginning to just tiptoe your way into the world of stand-up comedy. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that, if you can? Yeah, every year I give myself a little challenge uh, and uh, my partner thinks I'm insane. But last year I decided to throw myself out of an aeroplane. And this year I decided I would do something that would push me way outside of my comfort zone, which is to put myself on a comedy course, the Logan Murray comedy course for those who are interested, and go ahead and see if I could do stand-up comedy. So I started that course. It's fantastic. Uh, And for any of you who have to do professional pitches, presentations, you name it in your business world, just think about being a bit more lateral and maybe going into the creative arts to get that inspiration to do some of that presenting. I smell a potential training course there for executives. Get them all up on stage so they can see if they can do five minutes, (laughs) throw them in with a hostile audience and uh, see if they sink or swim. Yeah, if they leave their egos behind, that's the important thing. (laughs) They need to leave their egos behind. That's the one thing. And sometimes that is a bit tricky. But do you think there are practical things that you can take from being on stage back into the boardroom, back into the office? Yeah. For me, read the audience. Read Mm. the audience. 
And that's what we do as marketeers. We're always looking at the audience need, seeing how they react to something, then changing our offer, changing our approach. So I think for me, when I get up on stage, I'm looking at when a joke lands and I'm looking at how they respond. It's exactly the same in marketing. It's the message. It's making sure that they're on receiving and they're understanding what I want them to do, which hopefully is get a laugh. But in marketing, it could be buy my product, visit my website, interact with me, call to action. So that's number one. And I think the other thing for me is be brave. Mm. Be brave. Um, Marketing is a sea of beige. It's a sea of beige. There are some bright spots in it, and there's some wonderful creative, but that is also surrounded by a lot of dross. So for me, the key thing is that, you have to put yourself out there. You have to be brave. And sometimes you have to stand up, no pun intended, <laughs> and just put it for, go forward for position, stand your ground and take a stand. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about risk taking, isn't it? Making that big impact. Yeah, it is. And some people, and you'll learn this as you develop your career, as I've got older and into my my almost sixth decade, I've learned over wow, the years you don't look it. that you really learn that you can take some risks. You can take some risks. And you and when you start out in your career, you're reasonably risk averse. You you want to get up the corporate ladder, you want to do well, you want to be admired by your your boss and your bosses and you tend to follow the flow and hopefully you get to a stage in your career where you can take some risks and get people on side and do something that will make a difference and at the end of everybody's career I think that's the key thing whatever career you're in the day you retire you hope you can look back and go I made a difference yeah there's no point keeping your head down you've got to get out there and push for the things that will make people notice you that's the hope. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about Simon Kutcher. You help businesses boost their top line growth with world class pricing, sales, and marketing. Uh, can you tell us who are your typical clients and what problems do you help solve for them? They're a massive range. You knew I was going to say that, but it's absolutely true. I mean, the business grew up uh, from an academic called Herman Simon, an amazing guy. Uh, he is the German management guru. If you've never heard of him, Google him and he's written some amazing books and he had this idea that companies always like to cut costs they like to shut down plants that's how you boost your profit and he thought there was a different way and that way is to really grow your top line your revenue and how do you do that and how do you do it sustainably and that's all about a couple of things one is Look at your pricing power and how can you price your goods that the customer feels the value and you're seeing the revenue and the profit. Second, how do you improve your marketing around that to make that offer seem really attractive and be attractive? And third, how do you build a whole sales team and a sales culture to enable you to do those three things? Boost your pricing boost your marketing, and make sure your commercial and your strategy are all working together. If you think about it, most businesses, they have a revenue engine. And what we do at Simon Kutcher is fine-tune that engine or completely overhaul it to make sure we boost your profit, your revenue, and do so sustainably. And it's a nice way of doing it, I think. It's a nice side of the consulting ladder to be on. I've worked on the other side of it. This is a nice ladder to be on, boosting growth rather than cutting headcount or costs. 
This podcast is all about creative effectiveness, and I know that you're a big fan of creativity, especially in B2B marketing. So how do you think uh, you're going to bring that creativity to Simon Kutcher and make it stand out from its competitors? I think I said earlier, professional services is a sea of bland. It is a sea of bland. Uh, if you pick up any thought leadership report, any content report, you could almost swap the logos out, a KPMG for a PwC, for an EY, etc. And I think really we've forgotten, going back to that quote about the audience, what the audience wants. The days of thought leadership landing with a thud through the door are long gone. We've got to really deliver our insight and we've got to do it cleverly. And we have, we're in the infotainment business. We have to inform, we have to entertain, we have to leave people with value for them giving us two or three minutes of reading our content. And the world has changed. How people read and develop and consume content has massively changed. So for me, creativity is absolutely key. And I've worked in B2C. I've worked with fantastic companies like Procter & Gamble. I've worked on soap powders, etc. You can take some of that thinking, and this is sacrilege to some marketeers in B2B. You can take some of that thinking and bring it into B2B. And when you get that, and when you add the magic of the message and the insight, my gosh, you can get powerful campaigns. And that's what we're going to prove over the next few years at Simon Kucha. You're right. It does seem that too often the audience gets left behind uh, with a bunch of ideas that just doesn't make them feel enough. And I think this creativity that we're talking about, it's, um, it's all about connecting with people's hearts and soul, isn't it? Yeah. And also, let's be frank. I remember and I, years ago, I, I worked as the uh, office manager for the chairman of a big bank. And so my job was to look after what came into his office in tray each day. And literally, you could measure in inches the pile of thought leadership that was sent through. And we forget too often, there is only so many minutes in a day. And also, a lot of professional services firms, I think, overcomplicate. They will write incredibly complex papers and structures. I remember once getting one in and I picked it up. And for the life of me, after reading the front page twice, I still had no idea what it was talking about. Um, and I, it just amazes me. Professional services love to complicate and actually go back to basics, keep the message simple, but show the answer. And, you know, kudos to EY, and I've worked there, and I can't take credit for it. They had a fantastic line, the better the question, the better the answer, the better the world works. Mm. And it was just beautiful. It was just beautiful. What's the clever question the clients want to ask? What's our answer? And how does that make the world a better place? And that was just a very simple structure. It was genius, whoever came up with it. It was genius. And it worked brilliantly. And I think there is some bright sparks out there and I can see it I'm seeing it but it needs to be more of it there needs to be more and I think if you can cut through in that way with clever creative clever insight you can really make a difference in the market that EY slogan you mentioned really is spot on isn't it are there any other campaigns that have inspired you over the years it's really interesting when people talk about creative effectiveness because everybody immediately jumps to what I call the creative rap you know the look the imagery etc some of the best campaigns are about a very simple message. Uh, and I like odd campaigns. So uh, I, I mentioned earlier I worked at, uh, on the campaigns for Procter & Gamble. And one of the campaigns I worked on was the soap powder. And the line, that's another load off your mind. 
it's a real innate truth about people who have to do this horrible task of doing their washing. You always, you're never going to get to the bottom of that basket. And it's a clever line and clever insight. And P&G really beautifully brought it to life and they moved it right the way across the line. And actually, I think they took market leadership back with that line. So it's a great line. And the other one I love is Shopify. Um, for those who don't know, Shopify, it's an online marketplace. It did great, uh, great stuff. And of course, it appeals to entrepreneurs. And it had a great line. The, the I think it was something along the lines of, your mother mustn't be the only customer. And really, it was about saying, use Shopify, and we'll be able to make sure it's not just your mum and her best friends who buy your product. And I just thought it was really clever. And they brought that to life across all media. And the other one I really like, and I, it's not because this is a true podcast, but anybody who can take a product like Rockwell, mm. a basic building material, I'm sure Rockwell don't see it that way, but it's really clever. And they put some real emotion and heart into that. And so for me, it's creativity is about having that insight and that line, that key message, and also then putting that creative wrap around it. And anybody who's not seen the Rockwell ad, I think it's on True Agency's website, where they try and set fire to a car with a flamethrower through Rockwell. Go watch the ad. You'll see what I mean. Yeah, it is a good one, that, isn't it? I've uh, watched that a couple of times. And uh, <laughs> it's a product that you wouldn't normally go and have a look at. But on this case, you kind of it's a must-see. Exactly. Yeah. And there, across the world, there are thousands of what I call, or actually what Herman Simon calls hidden champions. These are people who are hugely successful in the field, but you don't hear much about them. And then it takes an agency and a clever marketeer to work with that agency to really boost that product, that brand, and really move it on. And it's just a great example. And if you think about it, just going back to your topic, Rockwell is not the most interesting product in the world until you're a buyer mm. of that. Then it is interesting. So how do you make it interesting? How do you drive that awareness? And how do you bring that product attribute out? And if you apply that to others, like industrial chemicals, again, most of us don't think about it, but they're hugely, hugely big markets and important markets. And marketing has a job even in those. So it's not just what I call the glamour marketing of B2C. It's also about the really important marketing. It's by a scale, a factor, huger, which is B2B. And bringing some of that creativity, bringing some of that insight is absolutely key. And just being, again, brave, being able, imagine going into Rockwell and say, right, we want to set fire to a car. And that would take a brave marketing director to go, okay, we'll run with that idea. Good for them, they did. What is the secret, Mark, to creating one of those brilliant campaigns that cuts through the, the beigeness, as you mentioned before? Take your time and really think about it. And having worked agency side, uh, I worked at Leo Burnett, I worked at Publicis. And even if you only do a couple of years, I really encourage uh, people uh, to look at that as a career path because it does show you the discipline. It teaches you the discipline of writing a really good creative brief. And a lot of things go wrong from people not thinking through the creative brief and really getting down to who is my audience? What do I want them to think, do and react? How am I going to reach them? What makes them tick? And if you don't have those basic answers for your audience, you shouldn't be in your job. 
or you better find the answers very quickly because without it, you never get to the insight. You never get to the clever question. You never get to the golden nugget. You never get to the answer that clients are looking desperately for. And so what I always say to people is, The first instinct is to come up with something. You're given a problem, you come up with an answer and off you go. I always say, wait, write the brief, question the the questions, get the right questions, get the right answers and come up with some options and really test it. And actually, if you get that down pat, it's not a tremendously long process, but it is a discipline and it's a key discipline. And actually behind all of those campaigns I've mentioned, there was a creative brief. And there's a real art to writing them well. And I encourage people, particularly starting their careers, get hold of a decent creative brief from somebody and use it to frame your thinking around a problem and your potential response. I've got a creative brief I used 10 years ago, and I'm still using it today because the questions on it are fantastic and they get to the heart of the problem. Brilliant. Um, that's a, g- a good trick if you've got that brief. Maybe you can um, share it with anyone who uh, who uh, is lucky enough to have a look. Um, you said you said to me before that modern marketers need to speak both the languages of creativity and commercial success. How do you get the senior team to be brave and buy into unproven creative ideas? Uh, it's all very well coming up with something crazy, but how do you get them to really get behind it? You really have to sell it in over time. And what do I mean by that? You can't go in on day one into what I would call a traditional business and throw some wacky creative around. You've really got to understand the business. So first of all, before you even go into the boardroom or you go into your boss, do you understand this business? Have you actually gone out on the road? Are you sitting in your ivory tower in marketing headquarters? Have you been on a pitch with your sales force? Have you actually seen them pitch? Have you spoken to customers? Because unless you have that background, you're already hobbled before you go in there. It doesn't hurt to be able to speak some of the language of business. Now, I'm lucky. I I started in financial services. I've done the MBA and all of that stuff, which is great. You don't need all of that. But having an intellectual curiosity about what drives the revenue and the profit of a business is absolutely key to a modern marketing Uh, professional. And if you're not interested in that, get out of marketing because more data, more figures are coming into this. Now, I happen to believe there is a good balance between the two. I think you do need to have that intellectual curiosity. I also think that sometimes you need to just look at a clever idea, but the magic is when you bring the both of them together. So What I try and do when I go in and pitch or when I do board meetings is I understand the problem in commercial terms and present it in commercial terms. And then I show them the safe answer, the very safe answer, and the one I think that will get the result. And if you speak in business terms and you speak with a bit of passion, uh, usually seven out of 10, you get it through. Mm. But it also means a little bit of also understanding what you're bored and what makes them tick. And I think just getting to understand the business is absolutely key. Um, and, you know, I'm only four months into this role uh, and I'm spending an awful lot of time talking to people, reading pitches, uh, listening to pitches, and it's fantastic. It really does teach you about this business. Absolutely. So talking about where the marketers are coming from, do you think it's, it's better to be a generalist or, or a specialist? I would always advise everybody to start broad. Uh, And the reason for that is this is an amazing industry. 
I mean, the, the growth in it, the degree of specialization these days is huge. And you need to appreciate, you know, your search engine optimizers, your data miners, all of that wonderful stuff that those people do. But I always advise start broad. Look at the broader context of marketing. It's simplest. It's understand the issue. How do you communicate that issue? What channel do you use to communicate it? And how do you measure it? So start broad. And then once you're in for a few years, then start to see where you're really passionate. I started 20 years ago in digital, uh, writing a few websites, believe it or not, in HTML code. I couldn't do it now, but I have an appreciation for when my team are trying to launch something. Tonight, they're launching something and they're sitting there trying to get the code to work. I have an appreciation of that. I have an appreciation of search engine optimization, but I have some fantastic people who do it. But that broadness allows you to ask the real question of why are we doing it? Where's it going to? What's the result? How do we pull all of those specialisms together to create a mix that's really going to work? And I call it layering. Have an understanding what the issue is. Then layer on the different channels and the messages. And then how you weave that. That's the job of a really good CMO or a marketing director. You're a weaver of all those specialisms. And to do that, you have to have an appreciation. So start broad, then narrow in on a focus, and then don't be afraid to go broader afterwards. But unless you have the appreciation, you're, again, you're hobbling yourself. Uh, and I, I think it's a really, I think it's an admirable thing for a CMO still to, you know, wander down onto the floor and sit with his people, sit with her people and go, show me how you do this. And I try and I make time to do that because I see wonderful stuff each day. Um, I was looking this morning at the LinkedIn database engine and I was really intrigued. And uh, they were, my colleagues were a bit shocked that I would spend time on it. But I was really interested in that detail. Um, again, intellectual curiosity. Yeah, looking around and seeing how everything works, it's really the only way to learn and grow. Absolutely. Um, so if you could only pick one metric for Simon Kutcher Marketing to improve over time, what metric would have the greatest and most sustainable impact on the growth of the business? Brand awareness. Uh, Simon Kutcher, as I said, is an incredible business. And it's, you know, it's founded by this amazing academic, uh, brilliant guy. Uh, and he writes amazing books. Um, we're very well known in Germany. We're very well known in what I call core Europe. We're, we're growing massively. We're growing about 20, 30% a year, which is phenomenal. But really, we need to get out into North America and into Asia and really get that growth. Now, we're never going to spend the mega bucks of a Deloitte or a KPMG, but I think you can do it in a much cleverer way. And I, call, I look at it as very laser-like targeting. Know your audience, get to them, give them what they want, and really think as a challenger brand. Uh, and that's what you have to do in professional services because you're up against, you know, I think EY had 28 billion of turnover last year. You're up against these big boys and girls and you need to be clever. So I call it clever books, not mega books. It's really thinking about how to drive awareness, pull all those channels and weave it together. So the big question that follows on from that then, can you measure creativity on a spreadsheet, do you think? I think you can. I don't think it's easy. And I think with the way to do it is very, very simple. I measure call to action. I measure call to action. So I may put out on a social media, we did it the other week, we put out six different creatives. We put out six different creatives. We sent them out at the same time and we measured which one got the biggest response. And so I always go back, it's very old fashioned marketing, it's probably out of date these days, but what is the call to action? And are people doing it? 
And if you get the answer to that is yes, keep going, it's working. And I think sometimes we are guilty of tying marketeers up in knots. We tie ourselves up in knots with the spreadsheets, with the clever, you know, Marketo and amazing technology platforms. And they're great platforms. But there is so much thing as too much data. What are your key data points? And go with your gut sometimes, because actually, nine times out of 10, you're right. Mm. So I look at how my colleagues react to creative. I talk to my peers. They will tell me if they think something I've done doesn't land. And I listen. And I think that's really important. So in answer to your question, yes, follow the call to action and listen to people you respect and listen to the feedback. And that's a really good way of following it through. And call to action leads to pipeline and pipeline leads to opportunity and opportunity transfers to revenue. And that equation is as old as the hills, but still is true today. Mm, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about choosing an agency. You've worked with many agencies over the years in lots of different roles. What is your conclusion? What, what do you think is the difference between a good agency and a bad one? I can usually tell within the first five minutes of meeting an agency. And it's usually because they haven't taken the time to look at what we do and then to listen when they meet us. They always tell us about them. You know, every agency, and I used to tease Leo Burnett about it when I worked there. The first slide they'd ever show was their massive network. And we'd be, we'd be pitching to this, you know, cereal manufacturer in the north of England. They're not interested in Los Angeles. What they're interested in is the people in the room can help them. And to do that, you need to understand the business. So number one, have they taken the time to really think about your business and the problems it faces? Number two, are they listening? And number three, have you still got the same account director two years down the line that you started with? Because often agencies swap them in and out so fast. And I'm guilty of it myself in my time at agency. But what builds a relationship and a long-term relationship with an agency is people. And it's the same in professional services. So they need to really invest in those people and tenure of those people working with a good account. Going back to the bigger picture then, um, what do you think needs to change within businesses for the leadership team to give creative marketing a seat at the table and to be taken more seriously? I think there is two things. Uh, I want to go back again because it's really important that marketing does not live in an ivory tower. And, you know, I set myself a little task each year and my team, they get to know me. They don't know it yet as Simon Kutcher, but I always go around to my senior team. Have you been on a pitch this year? Have you actually gone out and met one of our customers? Have you sat in the back of the room and taken some minutes? So I think being real in the marketing team and going out meeting real customers is really important. The second is from the business, and that is about bravery. You're very lucky when you have a CEO or CEOs who are prepared to take a risk. Most people in business follow tram lines, a little bit here, a little bit there, but not too much. Real impact in business is when you take a logical, thought-through risk. And that's when magic happens. So if you think about Rockwell, if you think about Procter & Gamble, they're thought through. These are not stupid businesses. And they're taking calculated but thought through risk on creative. And at the end of the day, 
There is very, very few creative executions that destroy a business. They're very, very few indeed. But there are plenty of examples that have really built a business and built that top line. So from business, be a bit braver. Most of it can be piloted. Most of it can be done quite cleverly. And on the marketing side, move towards the business. Make sure you understand the business and don't live in an ivory tower. I say to my people every single day, if you don't have intellectual curiosity about this business, get out of it. Just get out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just we'll, we'll wrap up today then with um, our quick rapid fire round. Uh, if you try not to think too much, answer with your gut. I'm just going to ask you a couple of quick questions. You ready? Go. Advertising or ABM? Advertising. Logic or magic? Logic. Brand building or lead generation? Brand. Don Draper would fix the problem by... Shaking it vigorously until it fell apart. (laughs) And if you could tell all the CEOs to read one book, what would it be? I would go, ready for this, this is a real title... Confessions of a Pricing Man by Herman Simon. Now, can I just say, it's not because he's my ultimate boss. It's a really good book about the one thing that people don't think about, pricing as a lever of generating revenue for a business. Do it right, and you can massively build a business. And also, it's a really entertaining read. It's not an academic read. Just read that book. I was sent it when I joined, and I thought, oh, gosh, here's another book. I actually read it and burst out laughing. It's funny in places, and intentionally funny, I have to say. So Confessions of a Pricing Man by Herman Simon. I will have to check that out. And that sounds like a whole other conversation to be had there on pricing. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's a big subject because, you know, I'm not overselling this. I have learned more about pricing in four months working at Simon Kutcher, which I wish I'd known 10 years ago. I wish I'd known at EY because the real issue, all of us know, we're in for a dose of inflation, whether we like it or not, inflation's coming down the line. How do you prepare for that? Because consumers only have so much tolerance. Cost of goods is rising. How are we going to get through this? And it's really interesting. And the dynamics around how human beings think about price and the value they get is also very interesting. So have a look at that book. Uh, I've learned so much about it. It's on my list. Um, And then final question, what's your favorite Don Draper moment or quotation? I love the line he says, make it simple but significant. If all marketeers could have that on a board and take it into their boards when they're presenting, uh, I said it before, I'll say it again. Don't overcomplicate. We can make this stuff. It doesn't, it's not, doesn't have to be dumb. I don't want dumb, but it can be put simply and it can be significant. And that's the best campaigns. Go back to what I said before, Shopify. That's another load off your mind. Really simple, but actually underneath that, a lot of complexity. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good way to sum up this conversation. It's been significant, simple, but underneath the surface, a lot of complexity. Mark, thank you so much for talking to us. I really enjoyed uh, chatting with you today and learning your philosophy. Thank you. I really enjoyed it too. And good luck to everybody out there. It's tough times. I'm Stuart Black and see you next time. 